to the intern whisper live the show all about the future of work remember listeners you can call on you can call live on the air the phone number is 407-582-2906 you can also chat live with us online through intern pursuits facebook live chat Coming on this episode of the Intern Whisper Live, looking for internships? Sign up with Intern Pursuit at www.internpursuit.tech. And our guest tonight is Dr. Calvin Williams. So, people, you want to know how you can find us? You can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you, Fernando. And you can also find our Intern Pursuit game. We have a website for it. It's internpursuit.games with an S on the end of it. We are on Facebook and also on Twitter. And you can listen to us live at Valencia College Radio. Watch us on Facebook Live. If you go and like and follow Interim Pursuit, you'll get those notifications. And if you want to call us, it's 407-582-2906. And chat with us on live on our live Facebook chat. Orlando Devs is a nonprofit organization made up of a community of software developers in Orlando. Whether you love writing code or are just getting started, you are welcome to check out Orlando Devs Meetup to connect with software and IT professionals. Their website is orlandodevs.com. Thank you, Orlando Devs, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. All right, so we have Interim Pursuit news. Students, if you want to work with one of our great employers with Interim Pursuit, go to our website and sign up and create your profile. We're going to have a little contest between all of the interns. This isn't in the notes. Just so you know, you get to vote for your favorite intern and by supporting the content that they're going to start putting out next week. And employers of all types and sizes are still invited to participate in our early beta program so you can take advantage of special pricing before the end of 2019 contact us at info at internpursuit.tech for more information and again check out our game so tonight welcome dr calvin williams thank you always for, an honor to have you here thank you for inviting me back yep so the ladies did their research and they're going to be kicking us off on this uh show so go ahead miranda start us off so for those of you who don't know, what is your name, profession, company name, and your industry? Um, again, thank you guys for inviting me back. Uh, I always like to come here and, and network and understand what you guys are doing. Uh, my name is Calvin Williams. Yeah, Dr. Calvin Williams. Dr. Calvin You worked for those credentials. Uh, I did, I did. Uh, my PhD is in industrial organizational psychology. So um, the easiest way I break that down is I study the psychology of work, how to get hired, mm -hmm. how to stay hired, how to motivate uh, folks once they are hired. Uh, my company, my little piece of the world is called CW Consulting Group. I'm trying to build that up. Um, I do some small consulting projects. I do speaking, uh, primarily on leadership development within the workplace, how to become a better leader, how to serve your people a little bit better um, in the world. So um, what I do, I call myself, um, we will talk about superheroes, I call myself a people builder. So I look for ways to help organizations identify people and, and get them where they want to go as for their development, either professionally, educationally, um, or promotions. Okay, cool. Really nice stuff there. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to go off script. I'm going to okay. mess with you two a little bit. Oh, okay. So before he even came on the show, we started talking about personality types. And one of the things that everybody that interns with Intern Pursuit is we take 16 personalities. It's a ripoff of the Myers-Briggs test. Mm-hmm. No problem on that. So do you guys all remember what your personality type is according to 16 personalities? Yes. Miranda? I'm the campaigner in ENFP. And what does that mean? Do you know one thing about yourself that you want to share? Well, we'll go with your, the letters and ENFP. What does that mean? So in my opinion, I feel like I'm very adaptable. And I notice with other ENFPs around me, we are all adaptable to a fault. Mm. Uh, sometimes I do like to bring out my more extroverted side and take on a leadership role. And with my friend group, I am... One of the few E's. So I noticed that, especially with my P, which is perceiving over judgment, I sometimes have to take on the J role with all of my I's and my P's when I'm surrounded by P's, which goes into when I have to adapt to be a leader versus a type B person. Okay. That was very insightful. It was. She knows her stuff. Yeah. 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 So, Sydney? So, I'm an INFP, and I had to look up some things to remember about what that really means. But I know we were talking about changing your personality type through the years, and I definitely did this before in high school, and I was all E, all hype, everything mm-hmm. over the top. Now it's more calm, I'm more internal, and I'm like, this, this makes sense. And I just looked up something that said what INFPs are in a relationship, strangely but enough. But I'm going to stop you for a minute. Please. I'm going to tell you. 16 personalities. We'll go with the name. Mm-hmm. I looked it up real quick for you. Mm-hmm. Mediator. I would describe uh-huh. you totally that way. That would. That's kind of what this said on the relationships and how they interact with other people right. tip. I'm like, that actually makes sense. And I definitely say I used to want to be in big crowds and always in the middle. Now I'm like, please, let's do a group of four and let's just be quiet. Right. Until there are times, like we talked about, to be loud and to be expressive, you know. So, mm-hmm. All right. So, Calvin, what about you? I am. I'll, I'll stick with your question. I'm the inspector. Okay. And uh, that equates to ISTJ, uh, introverted, sensing, thinking, judger. Mm-hmm. Um, the one word other than inspector, I would say analytical. Um, I can analyze everything to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so what I found out, though, some of the things I've done in the past, I used to be a computer analyst. Mm-hmm. So analyzing data and reading computer programs, it was a perfect fit for me. Um, I've been an instructor, so understanding people and how they get to certain places, it all kind of fits. So I like to know why people do what they do, and the inspector really fits me now. And I did grow out of my intuitive side, and I'm more sensing, uh, where I actually sit back and kind of get, take everything in before just making a decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I'm just going to go with the name. Definitely so mine is the protagonist. It's 2% of the population. It's people that are your leaders, your educators, your politicians. It's like everybody that's at the top of the heap. And I went, oh, that totally describes <laughs> me. I would absolutely <laughs> say that. Um, but I also know that one of the best gifts that I can give is flexibility. So when we were talking about like superhero powers, it's uh, the ability to, one of the things that Miranda said, know when to adapt to the situation, be able to lead, to follow, um, flexible, being somebody. I think I'm a little bit of all of what we're saying here. We share those same characteristics in place. 
but I definitely um, like to empower people around me. I like to motivate them. I become that cheerleader. Those were all of the characteristics of my personality type. So that was kind of a fun way so we know what we're talking about when we get into the conversation. Mm -hmm. I definitely learned a lot. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and go to that next question. Sydney? Okay. When was your first or earliest mm, earliest memory in a leadership role? And how did it make you feel? Um... I, I would say being an introvert, uh, I kind of had to force myself mm-hmm. to come out into it. But based on that, the, the, the earliest memory I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I was in the Air Force, so I'm retired mm-hmm. Air Force, and I used to teach uh, folks how to be computer analysts. So anybody from all over the Air Force would come to my base in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I would train them. Uh, it was a six-week program, and I had 30 people in my class. Um, a lot of my friends questioned me, like, you're really going to be an instructor because they know I was quiet. Naturally, mm-hmm. like, you know you got to talk to people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do that because it was something I was interested in, the computer side of it. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can challenge myself. So that would say that uh, getting 30 high-strung Air Force computer analysts from point A to point B in six weeks, graduate them and put them out into the world to actually go do a job is the first time I can say I, I can, that was that leadership portion. I was responsible for when they came to class, what they did in class. If they failed the test, I had to counsel them or send them back to their base and say, you can't make it in this program. So that was one of the toughest things. I actually having somebody who had a passion to do this, but they didn't have the aptitude and I had to tell them they had to go back. Um, so I had to grow into that. So I mm-hmm. would say my Air Force role as a computer analyst instructor is where I started getting into leadership, understanding mm-hmm. the psychology of motivating and inspiring people. Uh, so that's where I started with this. Were you in um, sports or anything in high school? I played, uh, yes. Uh, I so played. I would see you as a leader even then. So I kind of think maybe you're not remembering that time. I... I, I would say, I can't say I wasn't a leader, but I don't think I was a strong leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I played sports because it was something I was good at, I was fun, but I played football, basketball, baseball, and I ran track all in high school. Um, so I've been playing sports um, forever, but I took that question, of that, that went into leadership portion click. To me, that was when I decided to step out of myself and actually lead some other adults um, as opposed to when I was in, in high school. Very nice, very nice. All right. So, Miranda, I'm going to let you guys toggle back and forth. All right. So, when you were on the show the last time, you mentioned that you went into an interview and on your resume, all that qualified you for the job was your degree. Mm -hmm. How did you get them to take a chance on you? I know you mentioned confidence, but was there any other tips that you have for the listeners? Yeah, I would. And if you don't mind, let me rehash a little bit. So 20 years in the Air Force, I was a computer analyst. Mm-hmm. So on my resume, those are the things that you saw. I had leader, I had instructor, but nothing said higher education college. Uh, my degree was in psychology. So when I went uh, into my interview for career services at Macon State College, one, um, the, the, the pointer I give you is when you're looking at a career field, look at the job description. Mm-hmm. Because most job descriptions tell you what they need you to say. I'm a team player. I have computer skills. So those things are there. A lot of times students forget to look at that job description because I want to hire you. I need to be able to do my job. Mm -hmm. So I did research on that particular field. The things that they wanted me to do, I had a passion for. 
So when they start asking me questions, I was able to relate some things I did as a computer analyst, one, one for one, but can you help people? Yes, I've helped people. Can you lead people? Yes, I've led people. Um, so I think just understanding what they were looking for, I was able to look at transferable skills that I had, and I transferred them to the answers that I gave them during the interview. Um, they also saw that I did research on their organization. So mm -hmm. I knew the people who were asking me questions. I knew their backgrounds, what they like to do. So I was able to inject that. So um, one of the biggest things with organizations, if you want to work for a company, convince them that you want to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, hey, you, you advertise the job. I'm applying for a job. Hire me. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I want somebody who wants to sit next to me and laugh and joke and wants to really be there. So what can you see in that job description, that culture of the company, where you can translate that and say, I want to be here? And I always advise students, if you can't figure out that you really want to be there, why are you interviewing? Right. So that's one of those things you want to do. So what I did is looked at what they did, how I can translate my computer analyst skills into what they needed. Um, I understood what they did, and they were helping people. And I always relayed my answers like, you guys help people. I want to help people in this environment like I did in the other environment. And it worked. Nice. Cool. What are some questions you have for people who are either fresh out of college and looking for their first real job? And even for people who feel like, like you want to change their career field altogether and they may feel like they don't have what it takes, all the requirements that are on these applications that they're looking at. I, I would say, I, I tell a lot of people I work with, if, if you're not a lifelong learner, become one. Mm -hmm. um, most jobs, unless you get into the engineering or technical field, you can learn things. And one of the, the, those cheap bullets you can put on your resume is you have the ability to learn new tasks and technologies. So never say you can't do it. If you have the capability to learn, show them that you can learn. Um, but I would say uh, when I talk to students, and uh, I'm, I'm having this conversation with some students tomorrow and also out every day, is figure out what you want to do. I have a lot of times students will say, well, I'll just take anything. And if you will take anything, then that means you'll accept anything. So when you're not happy at work, whose fault is that? So take the time again. We talk Myers-Briggs. We talk um, um, personality indicator. Understand yourself and what you want to do at work. Also know what you don't want to do. Yes. That's and, just as helpful. Yeah. I think. Sometimes yeah. when I, I work with students, like, what do you want to do? I don't know. All right, let's flip it. What wouldn't you mm -hmm. want to do? Mm -hmm. So don't go towards those correct. Again, you can make money doing anything, but why not make money doing something you really want to? And the only way you're going to do that is, one, know yourself. Mm -hmm. Know what you want to do if you can. But I think we all know what we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So sure. why take yeah. a job doing something you just said you don't want to do? Keep keep pushing, keep focusing. So those are some of the things that I work with students mm -hmm. on is understanding where you want to be and how you're going to get there. One of the things that I've um, said, and I think they've all heard me say this, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree with it, is that we should treat it all like dating. Everything is like dating. It's about putting your best self out there. It's about wanting to be with people that you want to be with. Like, this is exactly the conversation. So when I interview them and I pick them to come in and speak with me, I have started telling them, I'm going to tell you three reasons why I chose you. And I think that's really a nice thing to do because you'll often think, oh, wow, I have no idea why I got chosen. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a direction that I've gone in the interviewing process is to tell people three reasons why they stood out on their resume and three reasons why I would like to work mm -hmm. with them. 
And I would say, and that's good, um, but also, again, don't forget you're interviewing them. Mm-hmm. It's two-way street. Ask them questions. You know, we were talking about leadership. What's your leadership style? Um, it's okay to have fun at work. I can... It's Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's, I, it's a requirement for me. Yeah. I have to smile so, while I'm there. But that mm-hmm. kind of leads you to some things that you wouldn't want to do, I would hope. Um, but it, I, I see a lot of times, we're like, well, we don't have fun. Again, look at the places that have fun, the Googles of the world. They have pool tables and ping pong, but they get work done. Mm-hmm. So, again, you may not have a, a pool table or ping pong or a snack break room, but can you enjoy the people you're working with? Can you enjoy what you're doing? And I think that's one of those things you you want to look at those type of things. Yeah, you can have fun at work and get a lot of things done. Why not? Yeah. You'll right. be miserable somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have a work and play balance, but yeah. still remain professional as Work-life always. Work-life balance, right? Yes. Yeah. And this kind of piggybacks off of one of the questions I asked. What, do you, what advice do you have for students who just graduated and they're looking for a job? Bundar requirements, it always says at least one year of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing says that one year has to be paid. Okay. Um, I, I work with students and they say, I go to school and I got a full-time job or I get different things. But um, do you have an internship? That's experience. So you have multiple internships. That's experience. Can you volunteer in the local community? Can you go do a, a fundraiser at Goodwill or do a blood drive with your sorority or your fraternity? Um, being in a sorority and a fraternity, can you be a leader in that organization? Do you do something at church? Are you a Sunday school teacher? So, again, we talk about transferable skills. Uh, most organizations say one-year experience. Can you show me something that you've done that would translate to that? Now, if all you do is go to school and you get A's. Mm-hmm. I've never had an employer say, give me all your 4.0 students right. because it looks like they only do one thing well. So give me your 3.2s who have a part-time job or a full-time job. They're in a fraternity or a sorority. They're doing things because when you get in the workplace, there's no job <laughs> that I know of where you only do one thing all day. Right. You have to multitask. You got to talk to people. You got to be a team player. You got to get up and go to meetings. You got to take. So, if you can show that you've done those things, so volunteer. All of these people in the room, they all have jobs. <laughs> and that's part of why I told them I picked them. I picked anybody that knows how to work and also go to school and balance their studies. That's really significant for me. Um, because that's what I did all the way through my Ph.D. classes. And you will notice a lot of the recruiters, um, they will look at those type of things because they hustle. Um, I won't say the company, but they have a management training program where you can start 50000 and work your way up. And they target people who have been waiters and bartenders in school because they dealt with customers. Mm-hmm. They, they dealt with complaints. They've got customer service skills, and they're reliable. So you translate that bartender waitress job into a manager of people making some pretty good money. So that's one of their, their things. So I would say get busy. If you, if, you, mm-hmm. if you go to school, great. If you only go to school, that's not going to translate because someone is going to look. And it's like you did one thing really well. Great. But this person did 10 things well. Their GPA is like two points below, 0.2 below yours. I'm going to take this person because I can probably give them more 
you hadn't shown me you can do more. You may be able to do it, but you haven't shown it to anyone. So right. always look to build that, that broader person. And I'm sure you'll agree with this. This is for all of you guys, too. <clears throat> I always look for people that have been in team sports because if they, they know how to work in a team setting. They also, I look for people that have assumed some type of a leadership role because I know that I can put them in charge of something and they're going to take something off my shoulders. So if you want to stand out for me, it's really about what can you do that's going to make my life easier and I know that you're going to take it on and you're going to be able to run with it if I say, here, I don't have to babysit you. I don't have to hold your hand. You're going to go, okay, I think I can do these things. What do you think? And I go, yes, they aren't. They aren't just somebody that's going in one direction mm -hmm. like a student would. They're sitting there going, okay, I've got to go and talk with her, discuss this, see if this is something that she's uh, going to get on board with because that's what a company does. A company works together as a team. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I look for too. I, and I agree with you. And the one thing, uh, it, it may seem counterintuitive, but it works. I want somebody who's failed. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a good candidate for that. I but think <laughs> you have we to show me what you learned mm -hmm. and how you grew from it. Right. Because some people will not make a decision because they've never failed. They go, I don't want to fail. But I'm the opposite. I want you to try things. Mm -hmm. Because one of my, my favorite quotes is from Colin Powell. If you work for me and you agree with everything I say, one of us is redundant. Mm -hmm. Someone has to say, like, have we ever thought about this? And try it, and if it doesn't work, we just go back. But I don't need someone who won't. Hey, what you just said—that doesn't make any sense. Now, mm -hmm. You know, is the right way to say those things, but check me. Hey, yeah. have we thought about doing it this way? Or better yet, I tried this; it didn't work. But let's go this way. And those type of things you want to go. Again, not everybody's into that, but I want somebody who's failed and learned from it and grew from it. Yeah, really valuable. That is good. It's me, Dr. Calvin. Yes. What do you think the power is behind motivational speaking and encouragement? Because you have a very important role in people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm hesitating. I'm, 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 I'm tap dancing a little bit because I view myself, and this is just a semantics of the word, as an inspirational speaker. Mm -hmm. um, the difference being, I don't think I can give you motivation. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, that's an intrinsic thing where you have it in you or you don't. Right. But my role when I come out and talk and what I'm doing right now, what I'm going to do tomorrow at UCF is to give you some words and some thoughts and see if I can light that fire in you that you already have. So um, I think that's my superpower. So we don't know if we're there yet, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that's one of the things where I think um, I've, I've been given a gift where I can actually meet people and listen and hear what they have to say and provide that inspiration for them to go and do things. Um, now, on the flip side, I can do a, a speech and there's 100 people in the room and only five people inspired to go do anything. Mm -hmm. The other 95, again, they heard the same message, but it just didn't hit them or they weren't ready for it. They weren't mature, however you want to look at it. But I think my role is to come in light the fire, give you some things to think about, give you some ideas, and then walk away and help you along the way if you need it. Uh, but I can't make you do anything once I walk away. It's how right. I look at the difference. Mm -hmm. It's like the horse analogy. What now? The horse analogy. You can lead the horse to the water, oh, but yeah. you can't make him drink it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> You're up. So... 
it seems like a lot of people are spending time on technological devices. How do you balance your personal life and work life? Um, I I give myself time frames on social media. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and disclaimer, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I am on um, LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. Um, those are just things that are been more beneficial for me. So I limit myself on even those things. Um, but when I'm working during the day, I'll spend a good two, three hours on LinkedIn networking mm-hmm. or trying to reach out to folks. Instagram, uh, I don't post a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I travel with my running. I call myself a running tourist. I go around the country and do half marathons. I found Doberman's. Uh, on Instagram, and I kind of go crazy <laughs> on those. <laughs> so uh, I spend too much time looking at Dobermans on Instagram. But I think um, the answer to your question is just balance. Mm-hmm. Um, identify if you're a student, what times of the day are you going to be on social media? Um, if you're using social media to get that career that you're looking for to network, I think you spend as much time on it as you need. Mm-hmm. Um when I work in career services and um, employer race, I'm trying to find employers around the country to hire students. LinkedIn is my lifeblood to find those people uh, to reach out. So I think everything in balance. But for me, um, I have certain time frames. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on social media on the weekends because uh, that's my beach time. That's my reading time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the week, like especially now, if I'm, I'm looking for some folks to network with, I'm on it. Um, again, Doberman's got me stuck <laughs> on Instagram, but that's my Why thing. Why Doberman's? Uh, we used to raise them when I was a kid. So, oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. We They're haven't cute. had one in four years, and we're, we're looking at getting back into it. So this is kind of getting me... <laughs> They snip their little ears and then they put them in band band aids and it's like that's how they make them pointy. We don't do that. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. No, because it's 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 cosmetic. Yeah. Um, it, it they're still Dobermans. Yeah. Uh, and even um, in in Europe in Germany, it's not a thing. It's just an American thing. So it's yeah. more of a cosmetic, just to kind of give them that look. Um, but we don't snip the ears anymore. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. And they also do. Do yours have tails? Because no. they also no, we take yeah. the tails. Off. We dock the tails. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 My aunt and uncle have a Great Dane, but they left the ears flopped down. I know they look so cute. Yeah. Right. I love them. Yeah, because you know we thought it was, but it's more cosmetic, and they say it doesn't hurt, but they have to put them up, and so we we yeah they we don't have to splint them, yeah. so they make them stick up. My favorite breed, since we're talking about dogs, cocker spaniels. And so I've had like eight, not all at one time, but four at one time mm-hmm. out of the eight. And I like them very much. I like the ones that are black because then they all you see is that little pink tongue. And they're just adorable. So I, whenever I see those, I go, ooh, I want a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> Sydney, do you have a favorite breed? She's not a dog girl. Well, you could figure that out real quick because I, I had to pause. Um, I don't know, but my roommate's dog, Panda, is a chihuahua, and he is very lovable now that he likes me. It took him a minute, but now we're friends, so I like Panda. Maybe maybe he was picking up on your apprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that. I was nice. I was forthcoming. I went to him with love, and he was just not about that when he moved into the house. But strangely enough, we all, all of my roommates had to get in the car and take a drive with him in the back seat because his mom knew that would make him comfortable. And after that, he loves us now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that science is. And he was just in his little carriage in the back seat and I was next to him in the back seat. Mm -hmm. And now we're cool. So, but you know, we talk personalities. 
Mm-hmm. Dogs have a personality, and mm-hmm. that's how we picked Dobermans because yeah. they kind of fit what we were going for and mm-hmm. how they react. Because a lot of times people look at them as, again, every dog can be scary if you let them, but ours, it's just this big, goofy yeah. babies. <laughs> yeah. I think most dogs are really friendly, honestly. Yeah. I think they're way nicer than people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I think that is the same <laughs> of the pit bulls. I, I've always met nice pit bulls, so. Yeah, my neighbor, he has, he's always had them, and we've never had any problems with yeah. them. Yeah, so. it's the people that make, make the dogs mean. <laughs> All right, True. so man, Miranda, you want to give us our uh, patron update? So Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs that empowers and provides resources for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Central Florida. They offer open community educational programs, accelerators, funding, and collaborative workspaces. Starter Studio fosters a community serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website is www.starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. Okay, moving on. <laughs> that was our closing music. We don't want our listeners to think you we're weren't closing. supposed to say yeah. that. They didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so this show is all about internships. We're going to take a chance and uh, talk about that. Where are you speaking tomorrow? I am at the UCF Career Center. Okay. I am doing work with uh, their student workers, and we're looking at team building using Myers-Briggs as a foundation to understand each other and how to communicate with one another. Very nice. So it ties in with what we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what, this was one of my questions that I had. So 10, 20 years out, how do you see coaching being different than what it is now? What type of technology? Whatever it is you see. Because where I've seen a lot of this is just about, it seems like everybody's going into coaching. Mm-hmm. Everybody is a coach. In some capacity. I, I think that's true, but... I, I, I think you're saying everyone is a coach and wants to be a coach um, because organizations have been slow to understand, I've got these good folks here, what do I need to get them to grow? Mm-hmm. Um, so people like me in the consulting world or other folks that are coming out saying they're doing coaching is because... People want something they're not maybe not getting in an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, to answer your question, I see coaching being a little bit more individual. So instead of just the CEOs getting executive coaches, you may see that mid-tier um, person reaching out for somebody to kind of coach them because they may not be getting it within that organization. Um, I think technology is going to come into play a little bit more where I know you can Skype on your phone and you do some different things. So I think coaching sessions are going to be more on a um, technology platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still doing it one-on-one or one-on-two, but you may not actually meet with that coach mm-hmm. in 15, 20 years, which good thing or bad thing. Uh, depends on your personality. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say if, if you're paying a coach to help you get where you want to go, you meet how you want to meet. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it, they may say we're going to do it on technology, but I say more mid-level folks are going to start reaching out and get coaches, um, either career coaches. Uh, I have a friend who's doing life coaching, mm-hmm. and uh, she basically walks some, some of her clients through things that they may know, but they need somebody to guide them through the process. Um, I would say it's going to grow more. Um, how much more? Probably You can see probably 20% of the organization having a coach, either in the organization um, or outside the organization. I would agree with that. Uh, one of the trends that I've been following, I'm publishing an article on this, is the value of peer learning in an organization. So peer learning is not just people in school. Peer learning is a culture within a company where it's multi-generational. It's something that I would be learning, which I do, learn from those that are with me in my company, as well as it should be continuous and circular, where we're learning from each other. Um, Some of the other trends, I went to a tech summit last week, and simulations specifically, and what they were talking about is how people were going to be um, learning in the future. Um, Not only would it just be in this real-time setting, but there would be holograms. We would be interacting with people pretty much how you see like on Star Wars or Star Trek or, you know, whatever that is. Like that is just right around the corner for us. Um, not even just on like, you know, Skype or the things that you had mentioned before. Um, we're built for relationships. So I absolutely feel that the more value that somebody has in the face-to-face, that's more sensory, of course, mm-hmm. because... You can hear the person, see them. You can, you know, touch them on the shoulder. There's more ability to um, engage. And I think it's also tied to the different learning uh, types. And the idea of having one-on-one is really going to be important because everybody's different. You're going to want to have somebody that can either um, set you straight (laughs) and, you know, relate to you Mm -hmm. or they really have that deep understanding of psychology Something else that I've seen as a trend in that HR space is that um, there's going to be anybody in the OD and the HR field, and I had written about this and spoken about it like a year ago, is uh, a merging of communication slash marketing with the um, whole HR um, professionals because we have to be able to teach as HR uh, people within our organization. It's customer experience, it's user experience, and that has to translate as part of the culture and the company as so it will permeate and be um, flowing out to the customers. So I really see it as something that's a, a company adoption, but the ways of being able to reach other people, and I think that's partly why um, so many people are going into co- coaching, mm-hmm. because it's another way of, okay, I would relate to Miranda. Miranda and I are very similar. We have empathic personalities we're picking up on things we need our energy Um, we process as just extroverted processors through the talking uh, method but nonetheless I feel like you look for those people that can help you find that work-life balance Mm -hmm. and all of those good things I digress nonetheless Uh, that's that's I agree um, and I, I think in that coaching world, um, some organizations use uh, individual development plans, Yes. IDPs, really well. And the ones that don't have IDPs, I can see them adopting those to kind of help their people grow. Mm-hmm. And also as a supervisor leader, you can see where the growth is because you're talking to them mm-hmm. about it. So I think that's coming as well. 
So I don't necessarily want to go into like this next one, the future of some of the articles I pulled up here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the superpower thing. Let's do it. Yeah, the, what you're going to be talking about tomorrow at UCF. Well, um, now tomorrow's going to be Myers Briggs, but the the concept of what I was doing today, because I'm again one of the people that okay, I talked so to on the today. phone. <laughs> so we'll get. Uh, we were talking in. I. I identify and you guys will see this because if y'all start working with me you become a tree branch so i was talking to a tree branch on my way down here and she was talking about having uh powers and my joke was my power is getting my tree branches to fulfill their power and so it's like what is that going to be so inspiration so if you guys are into the x-men we were talking so i'll, I'll put it in x-men's context professor xavier is the mastermind of the X-Men. He sits in a wheelchair and he doesn't really go and do a whole lot, but he brings the X-Men together and convinces them that their superpowers can go out and save the world. So I equate myself to Professor Xavier. So every time I meet somebody, greet somebody, my superpower is to figure out what you do well and how you can go out and save the world. So my conversation, my, my tree branch was talking about the power she has. Like, yeah, I gave them to you. Uh, which I didn't. I was just able to actually pull those out a little bit and help her see these are some of the things you're really good at. Go out there and do those things and, and make the world a better place. So I equate myself to Xavier, and I don't do a whole lot except for just say, yes, go do great things, and you guys go do great things, and I take credit for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Interim Pursuit has a game. And in the game, it's about students that turn into superheroes, and they fight aliens in an old-school way. Um, Part of the reason why I created that as a game is it's an extension of the same belief. Um, I think everybody is an intern. I don't care. I mean, I'm a continuous intern. If we stay in this place of continuous learning, we are always an intern of life and in our profession. Um, It's a different perspective for sure. But I also think that everybody can be a superhero. So, Miranda, I'm catching you off guard. What would your superpower be? And then, Sydney, I'm going to be asking you, too. What would your superpower be? Only one. No, I'm kidding. Oh, you can. Okay, give me yes. two, three. Uh, but usually it's one. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, most of the superheroes have one superpower. But they have hidden ones, too. Yeah, but pick one because we don't have, like, all of that kind of time. Just because we talked about it so much, probably adaptability. Okay. But not to the point where I lose myself, because I think that's very important. I think you can be adaptable without losing yourself and just, you know. Yeah. 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 Totally get it. Yeah. All right. Sydney. My power would be the ability to win anyone over. But not in a sneaky way, but like a a loving, like I can get you to be on my side because I'm a nice person and you like me. The influencer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's my power. That's very important to have. All right. Well, that sounds really good. So I'm going to be paying attention to you guys. Okay. All right. So my superpower, I'm going to pick, it's actually serving. It's uh, coming from a place of service. Uh, One of the devotionals I had and or a Bible study I did was the purpose-driven life, and it was understanding your purpose Mm -hmm. and being able to see how you can take that out. And the first line of the first chapter of the book was, it is not all about you. And I really took that to heart. I see it as an opportunity to really focus on the other person. Um, But I can flip that, and I I can go, well, it really is about me because if I 
make sure that it is not about me. It is about the other people. I'm going to be more focused on what it is rather than just thinking, oh, it's about other people. It has to be something that's a change of heart. So there's two ways. And we always have a choice, and we can choose what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So good superpowers here sitting at the table. The guys that are doing all of the video (laughs) stuff, um, superpowers? Well, I wish I could fly, but I don't know. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? <laughs> Realistically, uh, I don't know. My ability to connect. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, connect with people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's like a good one. Darius? So. Um, kind of to piggyback off what you kind of suggested, just the ability to serve, um, learn to humble myself and put my needs or wants second to whoever I'm around or someone else in need. Don't you just want to hug him? That's so cute. I know. (laughs) See, I was going to piggyback off of her, too, because I feel like the people who are kind of more, what's the word, standoffish, I usually can win them over. Mm -hmm. Usually. Definitely. I've had people where I can't, and it frustrates me if I let them be, but... Yeah. And then you have to realize it's not about you. They just need what you were saying earlier before we came on the show. They need some time. Just Mm -hmm. let them have their time. And, you know, if you think of it, people process in different. So they they may not be ready for you at that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the next time you see them, it's like, oh, there she is. (laughs) They're waiting on you. So if you don't say anything to them, you're probably disappointed because they're so used to you doing it. So since we all have superpowers, are we wearing these costumes for Halloween now? I don't know. It's just us. (laughs) That's something to consider. We don't have to wear costumes. It it is us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know we're coming kind of close to the end of our show. We have about seven more minutes here. But what about education? What do you think the changes in education will be 10 to 20 years? I've always looked at um, how education is run in Finland, Mm -hmm. in the Scandinavian countries. They're very, very progressive. Uh, It always seems like they're light years ahead of us. What do you think? Um, I'm going to stay, if I can, in in the career services world um, in education because in higher ed, um, we talked last time about uh, National Association of College Employers. Mm -hmm. They have um, some criteria that they put out, uh, and they want a lot of schools are adopting those where they can put these career competencies Mm -hmm. within curriculum. Um, and I think what you're going to see in that realm is with career competencies and curriculum. So you take a, a, a speech class. You're going to have to have a career piece to it for the interview, um, a marketing class, how to network, different things. Because we go to colleges and universities to get an education, but I think the end result should be a career. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just there to get that diploma. You want to get that diploma across the state and have something. So with the career competencies being put in place with a lot of schools, uh, career courses are being created. And I think that the next step you're going to see at a lot of universities and colleges is mandatory internships. You're going to have mm-hmm. an internship throughout your time. One, you can test these careers out before you have to do them. You also build up your resume with the experience, and then you get to figure out, with this one I didn't like, let me try this one. So I see that coming down where a school may not say a student has to take an internship where they actually, that's a part of you graduating. You have to have multiple internships. Yeah, kind of in high school they had DCT, Mm -hmm. you know, distributive cooperative training. Yeah. 
Because that kind of eliminates, because it helps the schools because it doesn't look good when you got a lot of recent alums who don't have careers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you don't, it doesn't look good when you have a lot of recent alums who didn't even know how to get started. Right. So you build that into the curriculum as, and you have to go through it. Some students, um, I won't say which school, but I have a, a tree branch up north and the students have to take this class, but they don't like it. Be like, We've done that already. You're going to do it again because it's in the curriculum. Um, but that one student who didn't do anything to be proactive, this kind of forces that student. The other ones, they're ahead of the game. But I see that real soon coming where internships are not going to be optional uh, across a university anymore. It's going to happen as part of you graduating. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. You're going you're to do multiple to get the experience, build up your resume, and then you can go. Now, if you don't get a job after that, you can't say the school didn't help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's what did you do. So those are some of the things I see coming down the pipe for, for I education. agree. I agree. So coolest thing in tech, Do you have you seen anything? What is the, because you go to a lot of schools, what yeah. do you think they're doing that's really cool? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to geek out. Um, some of the career centers are starting to get their own app. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, their uh, career management system, um, Simplicity is one, Handshake is another. They all have a phone capability because what you'll see is students, and adult, we have our phones on us all the time, so you can on your phone with that technology, you can apply for jobs as you walk into class. Mm-hmm. You can upload your resume mm-hmm. and submit your resume to an employer on your phone. So uh, most of the larger four-year universities have that. Uh, it could be Simplicity, it could be Handshake, but now they're making it easier for students to have access to careers, the employers, and the employer can reach out and text you if you allow them on your phone because they saw your resume in the system. So you mm-hmm. can do a lot of things yourself without going into the building. We still want you to come in the building, but that is the technology that's out right now, and it's only going to grow um, as more people come out with new systems. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that. Well, I know we don't have time for the, that last one because it's going to take a little bit of time to discuss that one. So we're going to be go- looking at transition music. Thank you, Sydney. Excellent. All right, so we want to thank Valencia College. Uh, we're over here on the East Campus. This is where the radio studio is. Thank you, Q. Q is our station manager. Um, we always love being in the studio. So uh, nice equipment, nice atmosphere. It's relatively quiet out there. We don't have a lot of students outside looking at us, so that's nice. Um, let's do our shout-out. Sydney, who's your shout-out for? My shout-out goes to my mother, who I think she has the flu. Aww. I'm going to send her this episode so she can know what I do on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. you know. So, so mm-hmm. what's your mom's name? Christina. Okay, Christina, we sure hope you feel better soon. All right, Miranda. As always, shout out to my family and my friends. I love you all. Very nice. Okay, I'm going to go to the guys. Darius. Um, shout out to my dad. We had plans prior to this, but I made commitments, so I was happy. All right, Aww. so daddy, we, uh, your son loves you. Okay. Yeah. All right, Hernando. Uh, dad and mom, of course, wouldn't be here for many reasons. Without them, not, so. that's true. Well, this is, we're feeling the love here for parental units. That's nice. That's a good thing. Hello. Yeah. My turn? All right, it's your turn. Only get one? No. Um, as many as you wish. I'll, I'll keep it brief. My tree branches. Okay. My mm-hmm. new tree branches. Mm-hmm. And you guys. 
Awesome. Well, we're honored to be a part of your tree branch. You're there as long as you want to be. You can always leave me, but I'm here to help y'all now. How about that? Very nice. Thank you. So what you could do to help us is tell students when you meet with them tomorrow, anytime you talk to students, sign up on Intern Pursuit because we would love to have them on the platform. They need to tell us what their um, if there's any issues. We're getting all the bugs out because we are launching first of the year. So we are trying to have... 500 students on our platform by the end of December. I will reach out. It doesn't matter what city they live in? It does not. Okay. We have 9,000 schools, so I'm pretty sure we can accommodate that school. Done. Awesome. Thank you. So my shout-out goes to you. Thank you for being our guest on our show. We always It's always nice to have you on here. And I want to thank everybody in the room. They've made this a really lovely experience. And I also want to thank all of our listeners. They actually follow our show. Even if we don't see them right here, they are there. Sometimes they like it, they follow it. But our numbers are growing on the recorded side. So share it on out there. You'll see this go out on uh, LinkedIn. But anybody that wants to follow us on podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. And you can listen to us there. So you do not have to have Facebook. So, um, social, well, I've already said it, so we're moving on. So as we close our show, we want to thank all of our listeners for being a part of it. Thanks for inviting me.